Hi, this is Nathan Sherrill, director of David's Harp, a center for musical development. And welcome to our podcast. In the next 30 minutes, plan to learn more about the world of music and missions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and consider how you might find ways to share the gospel through music in your own neck of the woods. Enjoy. Greetings, friends of music and missions. My name's Nathan Sherrill, director of David's Harp, a center for musical development. Today, we have two special guests, not just one, but two with us for our conversation about reaching out through music in the church. They are a good friend of mine, Pastor John Wagoner, pastor of College Hill Lutheran Church in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and Deaconess Faith Swenson, who actually serves at College Hill as the director of their music conservatory. Faith and John, thanks so much for being with us today. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. John, let's start with you. how about we have both of you just share a little bit about yourself and your background, where you're at uh, in your ministry there in Cedar Falls. John, go ahead. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Nathan. So I've been here since 2007, and this is a campus ministry. Um, I'm married. I have five children. One is in college, and then the rest are um, in the younger grades. But um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a great adventure here because we have... Um, not only the college students, but we have a congregation with community members here. Lots of little children. Um, they also participate in some of the programs to the conservatory. Um, but then mostly th- for our conservatory, we have um, students involved and then, of course, deaconess. But but yeah, it's been I've been here for that long and it's been a great time here. Faith, how about you? Um, so I am married to... Uh, uh, Pastor Jacob Slenson um, in Fairbank and Jessup, Iowa. And we have one son, Gideon, who is a uh, two-year-old. Uh, so he's a joy. Um, and then I, I serve as deaconess on a very part-time basis at College Hill. Um, I serve as director of the conservatory, but I also work with the college students, um, especially the girls um, and things that they face on college campuses and whatnot as kind of a spiritual caregiver and um, a listening ear to the girls. Um, So that's what I do as deaconess at College Hill. You guys have a really unique uh, situation there being on or super close to the campus as well as having uh, a congregation that's connected to the campus ministry. Uh, John, how about we go back uh, many years now and share with our listeners uh, your role or your mind in relation to um, bringing a music conservatory to College Hill? It started really with you. Um, you had told me about your conservatory at St. Paul Lutheran Church, and um, and you had mentioned it to me as, as a possibility here. And I happened to have a couple students who were in the music program at the University of Northern Iowa and I approached the two students, and they definitely seemed interested in it, and they helped me get things off the ground. Um, you, of course, were very instrumental in helping me do that because you gave me the, the information, um, the paperwork, um, all the structure that we really needed to get things going, the Constitution. And so um, once we had that in place, the students um, were able to run with it. I Just so that you know, I'm, 
I don't know very much about music. I'm not a musician, uh, but I love music. And so um, it was something that I, I really enjoyed um, getting started and helping with students to do that. But that's really how it started. Um, I just, you, you helped me with that. Um, and then the students here who knew music were able to um, get the ball rolling, get some students into our conservatory, and, and then it took off from there. John, back in the in the early part of this process, how would you say your congregation responded to the idea? Oh, they were fully on board. I, you know, at, at first it was just kind of explaining to them what what all would be involved as a congregation, the distinction between the conservatory and the congregation, what kind of relationship that would be. Uh, but but they were all on board. I think the you know the selling point, of course, is that. We're raising up young musicians for the church, and we have such a rich um, liturgical and musical heritage in the Lutheran church. So my congregation members were, of course, excited about the whole thing. Great. And then as time went on, Faith, tell us about when you came on the scene and uh, what was your role uh, as you entered uh, in conversations with Pastor Wagner? Yeah, so... uh my husband and I moved here in 2018 and he's in a different circuit than Pastor Wagner, but they meet, I don't know, was it once or twice a year pastor? Um, but, and he heard from my husband that I teach piano. And so of course he's like, I need piano teachers at the conservatory. Um, so I met with Pastor Wagner um, and we were talking and then um, I think I think it was the spring of 2019. Um, and uh, he also asked me to be the director at the same time he asked me to teach piano for the conservatory. Um, and so that's how I came aboard. Um, and then it was about a year later, then the congregation called me as deaconess as well. Um, so that's how that's kind of how it started for me at the conservatory. Maybe a question jumping back for John. Uh, how would you say at this point, having a parish-based music conservatory there at College Hill uh, has benefited your overall ministry? Obviously, I'm, I'm uh, thinking now also of faith coming in and being a real, real benefit and asset. How would you view the overall ministry with the conservatory as part of it? Yeah, right. So... Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's nice to have young musicians being raised up in the church for the benefit of our congregation, for making, you know, the uh, beautiful music for our members to listen to in the divine service. So it's been a great benefit in that way that we have some of our youth now who have been in the conservatory learning various instruments, of course, mostly piano to begin, but um, they've been employing those instruments, their talents in the divine service in various ways. Um, we've had, um, you know, several students, uh, you know, I, like for instance, when Faith has been able to offer these recitals for the students to perform, we've had members come and enjoy that um, outside of the divine service. So it's been a great blessing already, even though it's, I, I feel like we're still kind of in the infant years of our conservatory, but it's already producing fruit in that way. And then we have uh, our Christmas program is coming up. We just focus on St. Luke's Gospel, but then we offer the opportunity for students to to sing and then also to perform 
on their instruments. So some of our students in our conservatory will be doing that um, for the edification of our people when they come to that this Sunday. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Faith, back to you on, on the same subject. So what did you think about directing a conservatory when Pastor Wagner asked you about that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, honestly, I it took me a while to like wrap my head around what a conservatory was and what the point of it was. Um, Pastor Wagner had mentioned that we, well, being next to the college campus, they have a very great music program at the University of Northern Iowa, and they offer a lot of opportunities for music and music lessons. Um, And so sometimes like, as we're like sharing the conservatory with people in the community, they're like, well, what's the difference between you guys and the college um, and their music offerings for the community? Um, And I, I quickly discovered like the biggest difference is we are, we are purposely uh, it, or intentionally, I think is a better word, intentionally um, raising up future church musicians um, and, and teaching the faith as we go. Not all of our students are Lutheran. A lot of them are, um, but a lot of our students are not. And so being able to use um, faith-based resources um, in some of our teaching um, has been such a neat way to share Christ. And even with my Lutheran students, like I'll sit with some pastor's kids um, who uh, like, they know their theology really well. Um, But it's, they still love and, and want to hear that gospel um, as, as we're sitting in lessons and learning the music. Faith, you hit on uh, a question that I hear. It it may be one of the most frequently asked questions to me, pastor, uh, what's the difference between teaching, you know, lessons in the church and a parish based music conservatory? Because a lot of our churches and a lot of our schools, by the way, also a lot of our missions around the world, but especially our churches as, and schools here for us to think about in the United States, allow people, whether they're members or not, to come into our space and teach music. And it's uh, really interesting. So we have, there's something happening there. But in a lot of cases, we end up finding that we're kind of missing the boat, kind of swing and a miss. I'm a baseball guy, swing and a miss, not a strikeout, but a swing and a miss. Uh, and what's the thing, uh, what's a, a differentiating factor, as you mentioned? Well, we're not intentionally teaching the gospel. We're not intentionally evangelizing. We're not considering that as an outreach opportunity. And we're not considering future development of church musicians in those moments. Sometimes we just have a gal that lives in the neighborhood or in the community that wants to teach and you've got some space and you're like, yeah, you can do that. So this is the difference maker, I think, as College Hill uh, has learned and is is living. They are actively engaged in evangelism. 
and they are actively engaged in the development of the next generation of church musicians. And then sometimes I laugh with friends and say, oh, well, actually, <laughs> I guess this is just we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> right. This is just like ministry. So it's a wonderful to see, especially how this is happening um, in, in a campus setting. Uh, either of you, maybe I'll throw this question out now. How have um, teachers, because in my understanding, in some cases, or in a lot of cases, you receive some teachers who are music students from the college, how have they uh, interfaced with you? How have they received this opportunity? And uh, what else can you tell us about that? So I can start, Faith, if, if that's okay. Yep, go ahead. Yep. Okay, so so one of the challenges of our conservatory is, um, is the turnaround because our students are usually here for probably at the most four or five years. Other than that, um, some of them are here for only three and so they're here for a short time and our students don't really get to know them that well. At the same time, these, these college students who are our teachers, um, like currently right now we have some of these student teachers who are um, serving as students in our conservatory, learning the piano or organ. And so that's been a great blessing. But um, so it's a, it's a challenge in that way that we have the students um, the turnaround. And that's why initially we, I, I thought it would be a great idea to have some sort of stability in having Deaconess Swenson serve as our director. And so that's, that's been the way it's been going for us uh, with Deaconess in that role of stability and the director. Um, we've had that stability in our conservatory now, and it's growing a lot faster thanks to all of her work and, and effort and so then I'm sure that Deaconess can add now to what, what are some other things that the students bring here with the campus ministry? Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, they, I think it's just so cool to see them practicing real world experience, you know, um, and maybe you mentioned this, sorry, uh, pastor, I was listening to my son who's napping. Um, so I didn't hear all of it, but um, I think the, like, for example, one, one of our, um, teachers is now he's done and we're going to miss him a lot. Um, but he's been teaching for us for the past four years. Um, and now he's going out and student teaching and using that real world experience that he already has and bringing that, um, into his career now. Um, and it's so fun to see them grow and develop as musicians. I'm excited for the time to hear from College Hill uh, that one of your teachers has gone on to establish, uh, become a church musician and establish a parish-based music conservatory in his or her church. Uh, we, start, we, we have had that uh, happen. Uh, in and through the work of David's harp. And, and so I'm waiting, I'll wait for the call or the email from you guys, because again, this is, this is kind of striking that chord of development and you just never know uh, where the Lord is going to lead people, student or teacher. 
Uh, next question that I have is just more practical, especially thinking of those listening, maybe being interested in starting a conservatory in their place of service. Um, Faith, could you just tell us a little more about the details of your conservatory, like what instruments are taught? Maybe tell us a little more about what a recital looks like or even just a typical music class at College Hill. Yeah, sure thing. So we have... um actually many opportunities uh, for instruments. Not all of our teachers are currently teaching just because we haven't had any interest on the respective instruments yet. Um, but uh, we have the piano and organ, uh, low brass, trumpet, voice, uh, clarinet, bassoon, violin, flute, uh, mallets and snare, um, which actually covers a lot of, uh, a lot. Um, I feel like, I wonder if there's anything we're missing. Maybe French horn and some string instruments. But other than that, we have um, lots of different um, possibilities for lessons. And um, we also have a music class for toddlers. Um or young littles. I have encouraged babies. Um, I teach that, although today, uh, because my son was sick, I couldn't go in. And so I texted one of my college students this morning, who is one of our teachers at the conservatory, and she stepped in for me. So that was really cool to see. Um, and so we also have then recitals, um, which that toddler music class, um, we call it little box, like B-A-C-H-S, um, after Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, and they sing at the recitals. We also, pretty much all of our, um, students, not quite all, um, but many of them, uh, participate in the recitals, um, then we also try to be a, well, center for musical development. And that just, that's not just, uh, not just lessons, but we have provided in the past, well, since 2019, um, three different organist workshops for um, local organists who want to come and developed their skills more. Um, last year we had, or last, this past spring, we had uh, Cantor Hildebrand from the Fort Wayne Seminary. Um, a year and a half, two years ago, we had uh, Reverend Sean Dancer, who's the chaplain at the International Center and Director of Worship for the Missouri Synod. Um, and so we'd like to bring in people to, uh, continue to develop our local musicians who are already serving uh, as church musicians in their different um, spaces. Uh, so those are kind of the, the big, I guess, highlights of our conservatory. Mm -hmm. uh, I think your conservatory is also unique from my perspective, Faith, in the sense that the director is a deaconess. Do you think that uh, there is a place for the uh, musical deaconess within the Parish Based Music Conservatory? 
Oh, well, I'm very biased in this answer, but absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there And there are a lot of musical deaconesses out there. Um, it's It's been really fun to be a part of this conservatory as a deaconess, um, using using my music skill, which is my bachelor's degree, uh, but then also using um, my theology that I got from Fort Wayne um, and being able to advocate for music in the church. Um, I Living in rural Iowa, because I don't live in Cedar Falls where um, College Hill is, I live um, obviously with my husband in a parsonage, um, just seeing the desperate need for the gospel to be sung and how, how important that is to people and uh, people of the faith specifically. And uh, we're trying to do everything we can to continue the song in the church. Um, and so it's been a huge blessing to be able to serve as a deaconess with the conservatory and to be able to do that work that I, of course, am passionate about, but I, a lot of people are passionate about. I often say that the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is a church, of course, a Lutheran church that really prizes music, um, dating way back and before, but especially music of the Reformation and music that carries our heritage, theological heritage, especially biblical heritage with it. And what is interesting is our church body is filled with phenomenal musicians. And a lot of those wonderful, amazing musicians are mommies and they are wives, and they are humble servants. Um, you, Faith, represent to me a category of LCMS Lutheran that has so much to offer, both in the home and in the church. And it's wonderful to see how you're doing that. And you, you are a representation of many more people that I speak with who are doing similar things, especially now in and through the Parish Space Music Conservatory. Uh, this leads me to a question I'd like to bounce back to you, John. Um, have you found that having your conservatory has really helped you develop a musical culture within your parish? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I would say before the conservatory to put together special music, you know, music in addition to the organ on Sunday was like pulling teeth. It was so hard. And now it's so easy. Um, I have so many resources now because of the conservatory to add music to our services on Sunday and then, you know, other services, of course, during Advent season and, and such. So it's been, uh, you know, night and day difference to have the conservatory um, and to have Deaconess helping out with that. Um, I'm always tapping into her as a resource. And, uh, you know, just to add to all of this, our church is very simple. Um, we're not, you know, we're talking about a music conservatory. And if someone's looking to start up a music conservatory, it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a special space 
or anything spectacular. But um, our organ is is not a pipe organ, and and um, it's nothing amazing. But it does the job, and we've had so many students come come to our church to learn on it. We did end up getting a new piano, which has been fantastic um, and a great help to our conservatory. But but yeah, overall, to answer your question, it is night and day difference for us in regard to the the culture here at our college campus ministry um, with the music. It's been spectacular. So, and I I know it's just only going to get better. Our young students right now in our congregation who are taking mu- music. The parents are always asking me for opportunities for the children to play their instruments in church um, or for other activities. And so it's just been a tremendous blessing to our congregation. Pastor, I want to add one more thing to what you're saying um, about our organ. Uh, We have a 1970s, around the 70s, I'm not exactly sure what year, Allen organ. Um, And... While, like, as an organist, yeah, it's not the greatest instrument in the world, but it's practical. You are going to go to almost any small church in the area, and you're going to find something very similar. In fact, one of the congregations my husband serves has almost the exact same instrument, and it's not bad. It's not great, but it serves its purpose in encouraging the church's song. And I think that's a great thing to teach. Um, just teach the church. Like it is okay. It does its job. And in fact, this is actually probably what you're going to see a lot of going out into churches. You know, guys, maybe it helps us, uh, as we like to say at David's Harp, David's Harp is more about missions than it is about music. And that takes us back to the Reformation era when when Luther is actually using, while he, of course, loves music and is a wonderful musician himself, he uses music as a vehicle primarily for the extension of the gospel. So back to your Allen organ. Well, I mean, right? It's okay because this isn't a recital hall. This is a sanctuary. And the instruments and the voices and so on, uh, they they are there to help convey the message, right? The word of God to be proclaimed. So we, it's a wonderful topic. And we talk about this type of thing all the time, uh, you know. And this goes into having the best teachers or the best spaces or whatever, um, well, yeah, we don't necessarily need a doctoral degree, you know, or maybe even a master's degree. Um, maybe we need to, more than anything, to love our Lord, care about his word and, and love other people and see how the rest of the details fit in there. Um, wonderful conversation to have. We're coming up to kind of the end here. Uh, I'd like to ask both of you if you could think for a moment if you could say one or two things, maybe words of advice, if you will, you, of course, having uh, an established conservatory for several years, uh, what would be some things that you'd like to share, or major points that you'd like to share with someone who might be considering establishing a conservatory? Um, so I can start, Faith. Um, for us, it was 
just to have some resources available um, to talk to you, Pastor Cheryl, was a great blessing because um, I was totally clueless in everything music um, and especially in regard to a conservatory. I didn't even know what that was when you mentioned it to me, so I had to, to look it up. But um, since you were able to lead me as a pastor through that process and to introduce it to my congregation, that was a huge help. So, so initially, like when you're talking about David's Harp as being a resource for the parish-based conservatory, that's, that's for me, number one, um, to, re, to look into the resources that you would be able to offer to these conservatories in just getting started. And then for me, like I mentioned earlier in the interview, to have the stability of a great director, if you can find someone, and we are, again, tremendously blessed to have Deaconess Swenson in our area to serve in this particular way. Um, so she's been able to take our conservatory to a whole nother level. Um, thanks, Pastor. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess my my advice, uh, a couple things, actually. Uh, first of all, don't be afraid of small. Um, when I came on in 2019, I think, <laughs> uh, hopefully I don't make you feel bad, Pastor, but I think you were kind of feeling guilty about how few people we're part of the conservatory. Uh, and that's understandable. We want, you know, to spread music, but, uh, I, I have always felt that like, if we have just one student, we are (laughs) doing God's work. Um, we're still, I mean, just, you know, just like as a deaconess or as a pastor, you know, I was able to share the gospel with just the people around me today. It's been, that that's a good thing. Um, so not to be afraid of small, um, we might grow. We have grown. In fact, um, the first recital that since I was director, the first recital we did, we had two students play and we had three teachers play. Um, and now, uh, we, I think the last count, we have 20 students, um, which is really exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see, we actually have to like shuffle, like the pianos, like who's going to have the piano today. Um, and so that's really exciting for us. Um, but not to be afraid of that small. Um, and then the other, other thing is, uh, I have found using the David's harp resources. <laughs> I'm doing a plug for you, Pastor Cheryl. Hey, way to go. <laughs> But I, I use the um, hymns of the season and the liturgy volume all the time, all the time. And they have been such great resources for uh, not just for the church, uh, but even for teaching, like um, just having something different, being able to pull out an Advent hymn or a Lenten hymn um, in in the graded method that for different, uh, for my students at different levels has been so much fun for them and for me too, because sometimes hearing row, row, row your boat (laughs) a (laughs) hundred times is not as much fun as hearing 
oh Jesus Christ, I made sure it's, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been, uh, those resources have been amazing. And the liturgy volume came out last spring and, um, I've been having a couple students learning on it and, uh, one of them is about to start playing the liturgy. Um, and it's just really exciting to just see how music is serving the word of God in that way. So tremendous. Well, when, when people ask me, you know, questions about the parish based music conservatory, I just smile. Uh, you know, and here having a conservatory, when you can have a, you know, come back to church after having visited a dearly loved member dying somewhere in the hospital or at home or something or something really tragic happening. And then you come come into the church and you're going to a meeting or to your office and and suddenly you what you know, what is wafting from down the hall? But six year olds and eight year olds and 10 year olds playing the church's music, it suddenly, really, in many ways, uh, kind of gives you that boost to, you know, encouragement to keep going. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic uh, environment to serve in for sure. John Faith, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. It's been a wonderful conversation, and hopefully it's been a great, uh, it will be a benefit to you out there listening uh, who might be considering establishing your own conservatory in the place where you serve. Please take a look at all of our podcasts, especially if you're interested in beginning a conservatory in your church, school, or mission. My name is Nathan Sherrill. Until next time, God's blessings. You have been listening to a David's Harp podcast. We thank you for joining us today. Learn more about David's Harp and how you can support its work at www.davidsharpmusic.org. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord.